Welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradeless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. We are continuing on in the book of 1 Peter, and today we're going to be looking at the end of chapter 1. So if you haven't been with us before, go check out the previous videos. We are going through the book of Peter, hopefully verse by verse. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but we have, in the last couple days, talked through the opening parts of 1 Peter chapter 1, and today we're concluding that with verses 22 through 25. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up there. Again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. And, and we're just going to kind of pull out little pieces here that God is saying through Peter. And my encouragement to you is as you watch these, as you participate with these, always make sure this is not the totality of your study. Make sure that you're getting into the Word, you're praying through it, you're meditating it, you're studying it. Your soul hungers for the Word of God. And it's so sad how often we are able to fill our minds and our eyes with hours of content, whether it's podcast or um, Netflix or whatever other junk it is. But when it comes to studying the Word, we tend to just squeeze that in with just a few minutes here and there. We need, we need to reverse that in our lives and make sure that we're filling our souls with the mighty Word of God. So in 1 Peter chapter 22, or chapter 1, verse 22, we pick up. And so as Peter's concluding this chapter, he says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so as we look at this, this short passage here, uh, there, there's a couple interesting things to pull out. I think first and foremost is we're, we're starting to see some themes of chapter one, that this constant call for our purity and this purity that comes, why? It comes not through our own works, it comes through what the Spirit has done to us. Peter is continually in this chapter calling us to re be thankful and, and calling us to remember the change that God has made in our lives. And again, I think this is such an important thing because as we look at this, right, he, he's alluded to persecution. He's alluded to trials and tribulations here. And I think there's a reason he keeps calling back to the original work that God has done in us. And that is if we, if we remember to start, start our days, start our thoughts, focused on the good things that God has already done for us, the ways in which he has already blessed us. It is a beautiful thing that one creates joy in our lives because we're thankful of what's already occurred. Two, it gives proper perspective to the problems we face today because if we're honest, if we're honest, there is no problem that compares to the problems you and I had before we were saved. Right? It, it, I don't care what you lay at my feet. I don't care what problems you put out there. None of them, none of them hold a candle to the problem I had when I was a, a sinner who did not know the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, the grace of Christ, the salvation that Christ provides. And so the moment that I remember that, remember that the moment that I, I sit here and go, man, I've already seen my darkest day. I've already been at my lowest point and God has already saved me in that moment and God has already redeemed me in that darkest moment. 
it then starts to give you perspective that whatever you face today is smaller in comparison to that. And if God was victorious in that moment, he can give you victory in this moment. And so, again, we see him calling back to this, this understanding of what has God already done to you. And then we also see this, this continual theme of we're, we're changed, we're new. And so he, he calls out about this purified soul. And he says, because of this purified soul, you and I need to have a sincere love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to love one another fervently with a pure heart. And I love that word fervently because fervently means to stretch to the limits, right? We are to love in such a way that it is, that it is of an abundance that it is striking to people. And I think we miss this sometimes as Christians. Our lives are supposed to look strange to the world, both because of who we love and because of how we love, right? Christ talks about this in scripture where if you just love your own family, if you just love people like you, well, everybody does that. But it's when you love your enemy, that's when the world looks at you and goes, that's strange. That's a weird love. Explain that to me. And that's when we get the opportunity to to explain Christ. Here's why I do this. I love my enemy because when I was the enemy of Christ, he loved me. And because I have been saved by this strange love that is given not just to those who are, are loved, but it's given to those who are enemies. And that has saved me and changed me. I apply the same kind of love in my own life. And so not only are we to love our enemies, but also in the way that we love our brethren, we are to love with this fervent love that stretches the very limits of love. We are loving to its fullest extent. That is what he's getting there. And then again, he pulls to a theme that we've seen him come to a couple times. We're only in chapter one, which is this thought of we're no longer corruptible. We are now of the incorruptible. And so he says, again, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so again, what, what Peter is calling us to, and I think, again, this is important when you're in times of trial is, you have a different substance now, right? There, there, is a, there is a war that you will face in your life, even after becoming a believer of that flesh the worldly culture, the things that we are surrounded by, and the eternal and the spirit that is in you. And what he is trying to remind us of is, you are of the incorruptible, right? The old heart's been ripped out, a new heart has been put in. The old spirit is gone, a new spirit is there. You have to be something different than you were before. And what you are made of now, it can be pressed on, it can be pushed on, it can have pressure applied, but it won't break. It's incorruptible. And so we've got to have a strength and a power in us that says, you can bring it. The world can bring it. I won't break. I'm not corruptible because of the spirit that's in me. It is not my spirit, not my flawed, broken spirit that absolutely was corruptible and was corrupted. No, the spirit that's in me is the spirit of God. And that spirit, that spirit is incorruptible. And that's what he's calling these people to remember. And, and then he gives this, this beautiful reference to the Old Testament Isaiah. And he says, you know, look, look at what we see happening here. And he says, all flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man is of the flower of the grass. The grass withers, 
and its flower flows away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And so again, what is he trying to remind us of? You and I are surrounded by the temporary. We are separate, or we are surrounded by the, the sinful darkness of the world. And it's so appealing that sometimes we want to be sucked into it. But what do we have to remember? One, I am made of something different. I am no longer corruptible. I'm incorruptible. And two, two, all this is going to fade away. All this junk that surrounds us is going to rust and wither and decay and be destroyed. But what God has built, what God is of, that's forever. That's eternal. And so this is the mindset that you and I as Christians have got to have. We've got to make sure that even though we're surrounded by the corruptible, even though we're surrounded by the temporary, that we are incorruptible and that we are focused on the eternal. And so that's where chapter one leaves us. Chapter one leaves us really thinking about what is it that God has already done with us? How is it that we have this new spirit? And how with this new spirit do we face some of the persecution and trials come by not giving in to the things that are around us. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Tomorrow we will jump into 1 Peter chapter 2. I hope you have a great day. I hope that God uses you greatly, and we will see you soon.